tied for the most terrifying day of my life. I was what? Every other freaking day of my life. <laughs> How are you doing, you wonderful nerds? Scott here, and it is day 11 for the month of Monsters Scooby-Doo podcast. Uh, If you haven't caught the gist of it yet, I am watching Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed every single day for an entire month, and I couldn't tell you why. But I do enjoy getting to talk about it with some cool people that I met via the internet. And today we have Alec. I forgot to figure out how to pronounce your last name. Oh, it's uh, Opperman. Alec Opperman, the head writer at Wisecrack from yeah. the YouTubes and also all places on the internet. Yeah, we have uh, a YouTubes channel and podcast and just just all the things. Got all the things. It's so nice to have you on here, especially because I th- does this signify that the hatchet is buried? Or So here's the thing, Scott. First Uh-oh. of all, I want to say it's an honor to be on here. Mm-hmm. Second of all, if you really want to study fake beefs, like say uh, Taylor Swift... Fuck. <laughs> Do you edit this? Uh, if you really, I, I try not to. So keep going. <laughs> if you really want, if you really want to study fake beefs like uh, Taylor Swift and Kanye West, there's always a back and forth of they hate each other. Now they're friends. Now they hate each other again. Mm-hmm. So while we may have buried the hatchet for this, I may very well hate you tomorrow. You know what? That's absolutely fair, and I appreciate it. And I don't know if anyone knows too much about the fake beef that that's happening, or the real beef. I don't know. Depends on the day. Uh, but I, I, be- I believe it started with the Thanos video, right? Or was it before then? Did I do things to upset you before? No, it was just that. There was about, uh, I would say, like two minutes of awkward discomfort being like, wait, what? This is this looks like a why? It's not a why? Who is? Oh, right. This is Scott. I've met this person. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I watched uh, about half of the video. I never complete anything. And I was oh, like, great. Thanks. But then I was like, oh, man, now if we make a video about the philosophy of Thanos, we can't call it that because of this motherfucking guy. Oh um, no. And that's where it all started. But sometimes I forgive you and sometimes I don't. <laughs> well, to be fair, I also added in the phrase Marvel's conflicted nihilist at the end of there. So you could just add whatever you want at the end of your yeah. titles. If you wanted to do it Marvel's that way. resolute Batman. There you go. <laughs> Uh, but I think today specifically we're talking about Scooby-Doo two monsters unleashed. And I have to ask, had you seen this movie beforehand? I had not. I don't think I've seen any of the Scooby-Doo movies and my relationship prior to Scooby-Doo is that there was always reruns, I think on cartoon network that I'd see as a kid and it was on so much that I learned to hate it. Uh, I don't know if I should admit that here, but I'm admitting that. (laughs) (laughs) It's the wrong podcast to admit that on. (laughs) But yeah, so you watched it recently, and what did you think? Was it great? It it was interesting. First of all, yeah. just looking through the credits, James Gunn wrote it. So it's yeah. it's just a weird, the arc of his career. Uh, I don't know if he started with Scooby-Doo. Um, in a lot of ways, I think it's really interesting. Uh, and in a lot of ways, I think it's really bad. But like, you could, like I, I appreciate it as a bad thing, I think, is probably the, the way to go. Um, it's very meta. And, you know, at Wisecrack, yeah. we love meta things. Yeah, yeah, I, I, it is very. And I also just, I don't know if you caught wind of the news earlier, but James Gunn, I don't know if it's a rumor or confirmed, but he's going to uh, write or and or direct uh, the Suicide Squad sequel or reboot or something. Yeah, and you know that is a very low bar to exceed. So I hope he <laughs> makes it better. <laughs> and I think I think it all started with the ensemble group cast movie uh, Scooby Doo. I almost forgot the name of Scooby Doo <laughs> on the podcast about Scooby Doo Monsters Unleashed. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so yeah, what were some of the meta moments that you appreciated? So the whole thing is kind of like a take on the legacy of Scooby-Doo. We start, uh, there's a museum exhibit about all the criminals they fought and it seems like it's getting at a self-reflection of their career and the, the, the main characters being sort of self-critical. But what's weird is that mostly drops off. I don't know if that happened in, in the editing room, but like at the end, uh, Freddie's whole realization is that what is it? God, it's so convoluted. It's it's not about the fame or the recognition. It's about those you love or, or just something nonsensical. I feel like James Gunn probably wrote in steps to that arc uh, about yeah. reflecting on his career and what it means. Um, but it didn't really end up in there. Uh, and also just the idea that Shaggy 
uh, understands that he's a trope or the sort of trope that he's become or his characters become. Um, I don't want to say it's metafictional, like the way that like Don Quixote uh, is like, it's a, it's a book about a fake book, but there's a certain like awareness of the, the fiction of Scooby-Doo that uh, Scooby and Shaggy are trying to overcome that again, very postmodern, very hip these days. It's almost proto Deadpoolian, if you will, uh, even though Deadpool didn't invent that at all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like what you're saying because that's Fred's whole arc has been something that I've been trying to wrap my head around because it's not really an arc. Are you, are you referring to like the bit at the end where he's like, you know, I always like the fame or whatever, but I guess I found something better. Whatever yeah, and he then says. he kisses Daphne. That's what yeah. happens, right? Yeah, yeah. And like that wasn't led up by anything. That just seemed kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, it's definitely like I've learned through uh, watching TV and movies uh, for Wisecrack to like kind of oh, this is an important part. Like I can tell by the music and the way it's presented, like this is an important pivotal character moment. Uh, so like it had all, all, all that to it, but then it wasn't preceded by anything. So you're just like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Cause he's also got that other, that other thing about like talkings for wimps. It's time for action, <laughs> which also fi- I feel like that came out of nowhere too. Yeah. Well, so th- there's actually, there's a few moments and I don't, well, I don't know if we should get to it now or later. There's a weird thing where Fred interrogates his own masculinity. <laughs> yeah. And, and again, like in a totally half-assed way um, that like that happened now, the internet would have a shit show, but I think there's a moment in the car where Daphne, I think, asks if he wants to talk about it. And I don't remember the line, but something like, oh, no, like, you know, dudes don't dudes don't talk about it. And then doesn't the the guy in like the scuba diver outfit say something mm-hmm. like talkings for wimps or crying for wimps? Oh, and, yeah, that, yeah. I think it was the Black Knight who was like, you talk too much or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But then he like retorts like talking's OK. Uh, not again, yeah. not exactly. But that's, that's the thrust of it. So like, in other words, like his realization is that like, oh, it's it's OK to, to talk about your feelings, to talk about things, to talk about yourself uh, and then has a a uh, jousting competition with with the black knight <laughs> he sure does which yeah i get that jousting competition i could talk about that for ages like the uh, fact that he just finds a motorcycle and he's just like yeah i can ride a motorcycle it was <laughs> never established i mean i i'm okay with with that happening oh but sorry i found the line. i did take extensive notes and by extensive i notes, appreciate I, it <laughs> i have one two three four five six seven we i've eight things written okay uh, one of them is the, the night says talking is for wimps and freddie says you can't fool me with that macho facade (laughs) (laughs) so like you know i don't want to like make a stretch of anything but it's definitely like interrogating his masculinity (laughs) yeah i hear you oh that's incredible i love that you're like i took an extensive list of eight things specifically i was expecting when you said the number eight i was like he didn't like eight pages, really? And then like eight things. Like, oh, okay. That's, that's all it is. The, the problem is, is that uh, when I like take a lot of notes on a show that I'm watching, like working on an episode for to analyze, mm-hmm. uh, if something's 30 minutes, it'll take me an hour and a half because I'll pause, I'll rewatch a line, I'll write it down. It takes me a while to write it word for word. Right. Uh, and as I was doing that, as I thought things were interesting, I was like, do I really want to make this 90 minute movie turn into like an 180 minute movie? And the answer was no. <laughs> yeah, so, that's a good call on that one for <laughs> sure. I, I can't imagine anyone who'd want to subject themselves to this movie for longer than they have to, like maybe 31 days in a row. Who would want to do that? That sounds like a crazy person. <laughs> yeah. What kind of um, masochist? Yeah, masochist. That's a a word that gets thrown around on this podcast a lot. (laughs) Well, it should be. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. There was another moment of them kind of interrogating. So so the the reason I say it's postmodern, it's like they're interrogating their own meta-narrative or their own narrative about themselves. So Shaggy with the detective stuff. Uh, And then there's this weird moment where uh, Daphne says in the good old days of Scooby-Doo, the answer would just, the answer would just randomly appear to them. And mm-hmm. then she finds an old machine in their old uh, hideout uh, that can magically analyze something or yeah. rework a thing to program a thing to make the, the monsters go away. Um, but it's like the sort of self-aware humor about the way that like the cliche narrative works. And then, mm-hmm. uh, Knowing that it's dumb, but doing it anyway, which is uh, another thing that's just like classic Deadpool is like, here's a lazy superhero trope, but I'm going to do it anyway. And that makes it kind of okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's it. Yeah, because yeah, she's like circling a table with like one thing on it, and she doesn't notice it until the end of her sentence when she's just like, "Man, you remember back in the old days when the solution to our problems would just appear out of nowhere like magic?" Oh, hey, look at this! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, incredible. It's called a uh, Deus Ex Machina for anyone who wants to learn about bad writing. <laughs> <laughs> It's also literally a machine. Uh, so that yeah. Helps. Oh yeah, that's a good good point. Um, now I don't know if you want to talk about that more, but I know in our in our pre chat there was one topic you were especially excited about. I think it segues nicely, which is I almost feel like maybe James Gunn and this is tinfoil hat conspiracy theory was writing this kind of like as a as a modern interpretation of Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan, and then it just veered drastically away from that. Okay, so that's one of the most outlandish things that's been said on this podcast, and I need to know more. Please yeah, go on. I, I always aim to say the most bullshitty thing possible, wherever <laughs> I am. Um, Back it up. Give me the receipts. What do you got? So I'm so at the beginning of Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. I'm talking about the one with William Shatner, not the abomination that J.J. Abrams made, <laughs> uh, which I still watch. It's entertaining. With uh, what's his name, ben, uh, Benedict Cumberbun. Anyway, so one of them. yeah. <laughs> uh, so at the beginning of the movie, you have uh, James T. Kirk and the whole Enterprise crew are uh, they're not retired, but they're their their main days of exploits are over. Kirk is an admiral. They're old men uh, sort of seeding the Starfleet and the world to the younger generation. So they're not that there has been, but, but their day is over. Right. So they're reflecting on their career, on their legacy, uh, what their place is currently in the world. Um, and then what happens is a villain from their past kind of, uh, who's Khan, uh, who is a character in the, uh, original Star Trek series comes back to haunt them. And then, uh, Kirk has to deal with like his passions, uh, and his inner demons and all these things. And Khan is sort of a foil to all that. And then he beats them and blah, blah, blah. So in Scooby-Doo, you have sort of the, uh, a retrospective on their career, much like in Star Trek that they have to look back at their careers, but also a villain from their past comes back. Now those two things are all I've got. Uh, but I thought it was interesting. <laughs> I like it because, well, I don't know. Did you say you saw the first movie as well or no? I, I did not. All right, cool. You absolutely don't need to see it. Um, I have a, I have this theory that I keep saying that the second movie is a better first movie than the first movie is, but okay. whatever the, they, the, plot lines for both of the movies borrow heavily from one another to the fact that they feel like one is just a different draft of the same kind of script. Oh, interesting. Um, so in the first movie, it's very similar. They're at like the, they're at kind of like the height of their game and, but, but they break up and they retire and they go their separate ways. Mm. And um, then a mysterious, you know, mystery uh, pulls them back together so that they have to solve it together. And it turns out to be a villain from their past, which I will spoil for you if you don't mind me saying it. Oh yeah. Spoilers are the name of the game. So the villain in the first Scooby-Doo movie is Scrappy-Doo. What? <laughs> Why? Why because, would they do that to Scrappy? <laughs> because they, there was one flashback in the middle of the film where they were just like recounting their, their history of like, oh yeah, it was so much fun back in the day, which is again, something that this, that Monsters Unleashed does when they have the Frisbee scene, but whatever they, uh, they're, they're talking about like, oh yeah, it was so much fun back then except there was Scrappy hanging around and he was really annoying. So we just kind of like kicked him out of the van in the middle of the road and drove Mm. away and like never saw him again. And then he was just very angry and very upset and wanted revenge at them after all these years. So he concocted a plan that involved like real demonic ceremonies that would summon real monsters again another thing from the second movie like they there's so much so many similarities between the two of them um but yeah it's just it's all just scrappy that that also reminds me of the wrath of khan because uh it's similar to the way they kick him out of the van in the original series uh khan is kicked out of uh, a space van called the the starship enterprise uh, for advocating (laughs) genocide uh and then he's mad that he was spurned by these people so it's pretty much a one for one it's one for one i mean (laughs) the genocide thing specifically because scrappy's whole line as we all know is puppy power and i feel like that's a bit on the nose it is yeah i i forgot about that line but that that can't exist in 2018 no it can't no times have changed (laughs) um 
Oh my god, that's yeah. Uh, there, you know, I was just thinking about like the kind of like self awareness to it all, uh, I, and mm-hmm. it sounds like maybe there's elements of it in the first Scooby Doo, uh, with the fact that they're retired and going back to it, but just the awareness of who they are as characters. Yeah. Uh, really like James Gunn as a writer really culminates in guardians of the galaxy. And also now that this is just like trademark Marvel humor is like, we're going to do a thing and then make fun of that thing or undercut that thing. Mm -hmm. Would you agree? Disagree? Stay the same. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, even in the first Scooby-Doo movie, uh, Daphne had a bigger plot line of she's always, she's tired of being the damsel in distress, which is why she like turns, she, there's like a line where she's like, I turned my body into a weapon, uh, which is why in this movie, in the second movie, she can go toe to toe with the, with the black knight ghost as they're sword fighting or whatever. I was interested in that. Like in an earlier cut, was it her, her like being a badass that caused Fred's uh, crisis masculinity, right? Like she's doing all the ass kicking. So he's got to take off his, his handkerchief and try to be a real man and not talk about things. It's an ascot, first of all. Get it right. <laughs> uh, no, that's fascinating. Yeah, because I think Fred, even in the first movie, was... And, and, like, I don't think the two movies are connected, really, at all. Like, obviously, you didn't watch the first one. I can't imagine there was, like, so much confusion where you're like, boy, there must have been something crazy going on in the first movie for me to need to understand this. Uh, but, I don't know, like... The, in the first movie, Fred was very much uh, just the dumb one of the team. Yeah. And I feel like, I don't know, I'm trying to figure out the whole like masculinity thing. Cause maybe it's just the fact that he wants to, you know, be the leader and he goes on camera with the reporter and everything he says gets turns around. And he's just like, that's not what I said. And uh, all, all, speaking of that, it's also just an early uh, musing on fake news. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> like I, I, I've said that before where it's just like, I don't think they would use that plot line today where it's like, no, the media literally is the enemy in this movie. Yeah. Like, yeah, probably wouldn't go over so well. What is the villain's, motivation i guess revenge but like khan has a motivation which is genocide Mm -hmm. uh but like what is his shtick why why does he care about monsters yeah okay so i've been waiting i've been forgetting to bring this up and i really (laughs) thank you so much because the answer is i have no earthly idea (laughs) i've watched this movie 11 times now i could not tell you why the villain wants to do what they yeah like revenge obviously but like you were doing that as the reporter. You were already like screwing up their whole brand image, their whole, uh, you know, exist. You were already messing with them. But like, what's the deal with the monsters? I don't understand why. Other than, you know, they just set up the backstory of he really liked monsters. Okay. Yeah. It'd Fair be cool enough. If it was just like a hobby for it, like no financial gain. Yeah. It's just, he, he just really likes monsters and wants to be around them. He just, well, he wants friends and revenge. Yeah. Yeah. Friends friends and revenge. That sounds like a good weekend to me. And I I think, yeah, I, I because he does kind of seem like a loner and the very first monster that he created was that like goo kind of, um, what's the, the like flubber esque sort of tar monster. No, the wait, the gooey green one. Cause they do, they show him in the flashback where he like tries to create a monster and doesn't quite do it. Oh, Sorry, when you were first describing that, I was just picturing uh, Grimer in my head from Pokemon, but that's oh what yeah, talking about. no, <laughs> specifically the Alolan version. Never mind. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, yeah, that yeah, because even now the the tar monster is very similar to that first creature that he kind of created as well too. I don't know. The, there's not a whole lot of this. The script kind of feels like their monsters. There are monsters simply because they thought it would be fun, but they didn't quite go into an explanation as to why. Which is weird because like every Scooby-Doo episode from what I remember, just by the end, there's like clear motive. Uh, Old man Rogers wanted to steal money from XYZ. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. Yeah, totally. And even they set that up with with Jacobo, the pterodactyl ghost. During the flashback, he, he became the pterodactyl ghost to steal money to make monsters and like i guess that's that's the end game okay okay now that you say that i think i get it now all right he just really like i mean you could see like i love science i Mm want to advance the understanding of the world around us and you know it's grant writing is really hard 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so I could easily see like, uh, well, I'm going to steal from the rich to fund my research for the greater good. Now, mm-hmm. why is monster research for the greater? You know, like he's not trying to cure cancer. Mm-hmm. Like if it was a guy trying to cure cancer and stealing money from people to fund the cure for cancer. Yeah, I, I buy that motive. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I get that. I just don't understand like so that make that would make sense for like back in the days of like oh he became the pterodactyl monster to steal money to fund monsters. But like I guess he just the he just has a machine that works now. So like why even need to have a persona? To, well, at that yeah. point I think it's just revenge. Yeah. That that also like I figured out the monsters but those meddling kids really really have it coming to them. Yeah. I guess it just seems, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm thinking not like a villain, but it seems like overkill to be, to also take on the persona of a reporter and mess with them in that other way and also be a masked uh, villain making monsters. And it, I don't know, it seems like too many moving parts, but I don't know. I'm not a super villain as far as I know. So yeah. What do we know about being a super villain? Yeah. Nothing. I, I I'm always, so we've done a couple recent things where we're writing about uh, like how we portray villains. Uh, and I'm always like, you know, just like the prototypical villain who is evil for the sake of being evil. And mm. I can never think of an example, but now I have one. There you go. You're welcome. <laughs> I want a full writer credit on any future episodes. Uh, we'll put a special no thanks <laughs> to Scott. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, it does. I don't know. I, I feel like there are very few villains out there that are evil just for the sake of, of being evil. Uh, Cause usually they have some motivation at the end of the day. You know? It's usually vague. Like, uh, I mean, this is why this is a real uncontroversial opinion coming here. This oh. is why I don't like Voldemort is like, he's evil just because people were mean to him. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and like, really, if you think about it, like him and Harry are both orphans mm-hmm. and one of them turns into like wizard Hitler and one of them doesn't <laughs> like, what is that supposed to tell us? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, I don't know. I've never, cause like that, I mean, that's a series that I've never uh, gone to the books. I've always, I've only ever seen the movies. So like, I don't know, maybe there's some stuff in there, but I don't know. You gotta read the books, man. I gotta, I guess. I don't know. I, a friend of mine just recently, cause I've, I grew up never reading much, f- uh, fiction. I always read a lot of nonfiction. Nerd. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but a friend of mine, I told, I told a friend of mine that, and she was like, you're not leaving until I give you a cop, my copy of the Hobbit. So I've been reading through that and like, Hey, I don't know if anyone's ever heard of the Hobbit, but it's pretty good. Yeah. I had a weird thing. <clears throat> I had a librarian, uh, be like, we weren't allowed to read goosebump, bo- goosebump books from the library unless we were in sixth grade. And I was like in fourth or fifth mm. uh, because it wasn't age appropriate. And the librarian was like, why don't you check out this book called the Hobbit? And I got like 15 pages in and I hated it. And that's not my adult opinion of the Hobbit. Yeah. Uh, this is just like my shitty fourth grade self. Yeah. But the same thing <laughs> happened with Harry Potter. Everyone was reading it. And I, I did finish that first book. And then I also didn't like it, but my girlfriend forced me to listen to the audiobooks. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I get it. Yeah, totally. I that reminds me as well. Like uh, to the fans who are out there uh, telling me everything that I keep forgetting to mention on this podcast, or giving me suggestions on how to make this podcast uh, continuously exciting. I uh, people pointed out that there is a novelization of this movie, and I have <laughs> I have ordered it from Amazon, so I'm excited. There are two versions of it. One of them was five dollars. The other one was seven hundred dollars. I didn't order the $700 one. There's a great podcast about novelizations of movies. I think 99% Invisible did it, if you're familiar with that. Yeah. But there are some novelizations of movies that are more popular than the movie. So I think one of them was Catwoman. Uh, The movie bombed. But then there was a novelization that did really well. So the novelization has sequels and the movie still does not. That's incredible. I never knew that. I got to seek those out. That's amazing. Uh, the only novelization of a movie I can remember reading was, um, I think, D2, the Mighty Ducks sequel. <laughs> yes. I have a thing for sequels. I don't know why. It's, you know, Scooby-Doo 2, D2. Gotta collect them all, I guess. Oh, man. Wow. Is it is it good? Uh, oh, the, the, the D2? The novelization <laughs> well, of D2. Uh, 
it's pretty good. It, it allowed me to uh, to soak in more information that either wasn't in the movie or I just missed because I do this thing with movies and I don't know if I don't know if it's like a thing that other people do or like if it's common or not, but it is really hard for me to like pay attention to all the dialogue as soon as like there's a <laughs> there's a conversation happening i can usually pick up on like the most important beats but boy do i immediately zone out and like even for my favorite movies like i watched avengers six times in in theaters when it came out and i was like man i don't remember them saying that at all when did that happen like the perfect example there's like that whole bit in avengers where um Banner talks about how Loki mentioned the the warm light for all mankind to share when he's talking about mm. the cube. And like that's a direct callback to a line that Loki said earlier. And it took me like five times before I actually <laughs> heard Loki say it. And I was searching for it, but because it happens in a big monologue, I just immediately zoned out. So yeah. I, I used to be kind of like that, and I think it was like something happened. It, it was work that happened where I was like, oh, I like here are the things I'm listening for. And now because of that, I'm able to pay attention because before it was just like, yeah, it's boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why I also, I, I try to watch uh, stuff with uh, like subtitles or captions or something. If it just, it helps me reading, helps me mm. follow along a little bit better, which the, if you've watched the, if you watch this movie with uh, captions on, it's quite amazing. Uh, Cause <laughs> there are, there are certain things that I've picked up, but I, I think the one that, uh, that so far has been my favorite is uh, there's a lot of like KFC product placement in this oh, movie. So as yeah. soon as I saw that, I Googled it. Do you yeah. know about, We'll go on. No, no, no. Wait, do you know the answer? Because I keep forgetting to... This has been the biggest mystery of this podcast, and it's only been a mystery because I refuse to Google it. But, like, so, yeah, what, it, it what used to be... What is the mystery for you? Because I can shed light on it. Okay, so the mystery is it had to have been Burger King at first because they show Burger King in, like, one... They, they show it accidentally at the in the beginning when it's they're like doing this kfc cup that scooby's drinking a milkshake out of and then they throw it at the chauffeur and it turns out to be uh burger king if you do it frame by frame but whatever the biggest one yeah the biggest one is if you watch it with captions there's a line where shaggy says like why don't we ever get to investigate a kfc or something but the captions say burger king not kfc so this is just a clue in the mystery uh, but what I saw, possibly on Wikipedia, which is not a real source, uh, is that depending on the version you watch, there's either product placement for Burger King or KFC. So the one I saw on Netflix was definitely KFC. And yeah. my guess is the Burger King, those couple frames, is like a remnant. So I don't know if it was like theatricals Burger King, you know, DVD is KFC, or if it was by region, like maybe uh like certain zip codes got the the burger king or something like that um that's interesting because the last episode of this podcast featured uh my buddy joel who lives in canada and he talked about it very heavily featuring burger king and i was like Mm -hmm. no it was kfc so i'm oh that's i didn't even i just thought i just assumed that they just something fell through with the burger king deal and they were just like uh kfc then last minute but man i guess it's just different different versions i'm also interested in the scenes that are being censored from us i guess in the theatrical release some of the stoner sub humor or not the 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 subtle stoner humor was yeah. maybe not so subtle with mm-hmm. uh, Shaggy, and that was mostly cut. So I want to know what that was all about. If anyone has a theatrical, <laughs> yeah. Well, so it was super over in the first movie, um, in several ways. Like there would be this thing they they do like this cut to the mystery machine, and there'd be like smoke coming out, mm. and then like Shaggy would like say the line, kind of like you know talk about getting toasted or whatever and then it would then it would cut inside and they'd be like grilling burgers or something like that and that's great it's family friendly Mm -hmm. and then there's another character that shaggy has a crush on called mary jane and he's like and he he says he says like that's my favorite name (laughs) your shaggy impression is very good (laughs) thank you i'm being very lazy with it so i appreciate it uh no it's it's yeah that kind of humor was super it was way more apparent in the uh 
in the first movie. This one, I think all they had was when he walks up to his fan base at the beginning and he's like smells them. And I guess that, <laughs> that's supposed to be like, oh, because they're all stoners. <laughs> yeah, they definitely gave off the stoner vibe. I wish there was more of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, there is definitely a movie that came before that has way more of that kind of humor. So if that's what you're into. It, it's interesting um, when parents get mad at things they understand, but their kids 100% do not. Uh, and I have a weird anecdote to convey, which is I used to not work for Kids Bop, but shared an office with the people who worked at Kids Bop, if you're familiar. Yeah. Uh, and while I was there, a bunch of people, they were getting a lot of complaints. They did the, was that Bruno Mars, Your Sex Brings Me to Paradise? <laughs> sure. I have no, I don't follow any modern pop music or anything like that. So, but that sounds like a song. Yeah. Well, oh, fuck, I'm going to Google this. <laughs> Your Sex brings me to i hope this actually exists and i'm not inventing okay uh oh yeah yeah so sorry it's locked out of heaven and the line is because your sex takes me to paradise they gotcha. for kids bob they make it family friendly they change it to your love brings me to paradise but the parents were mad because the original song said sex when it's like <laughs> mad that about this version of a thing their kids are hoping probably yeah. never going to be exposed to until they get older and start doing drugs. They're mad about a, a censored version, like effectively a censored version of a song. But all of it's like they do uh, uh, Kesha's TikTok where it's like, uh, wake up and brush my teeth with. Oh, yeah. And sorry. Oh, yeah. The original line is uh, wake up and brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack. Mm-hmm. And they change it to brush my teeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so lazy. <laughs> I mean, listen, they make a lot of money. Uh, shout out to Cliff if he's listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> Is there, oh God, I want to know the inner workings of Kids Bop. If there's like a committee that like tries to vote on what the best lines are to substitute. I hope so. I was never, yeah, that, uh, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of weird shit there. Yeah. Well, okay. So I, I've mentioned this before, but, um, and I keep I keep going back to the first movie, and I know this is a podcast about the second movie, but like I've said so many things about the second movie. Let me talk about the first one for a bit. Right after the the scene um, that I described earlier about how they were in the mystery machine and there was like smoke coming out and blah blah blah. Um, right afterwards, they they get invited to go to this place called Spooky Island, which is where like the rest of the plot picks up. Um, and they make a joke about how, like, oh, we don't go to any place that's uh, with the name Spooky or uh, Haunted or Creepy in the title. And then Scooby says, or Hydrocolonic. Right, or Hydrocolonic. But that's for a totally different reason. <laughs> and, and, like, that's just, that's, that's another one of those jokes that's like, who this is a kid would not understand. I had to Google that to understand what that meant. But the, well, I, I will say about that specific example, though, is like a yeah. kid could Google that. Could yeah, I get. I was like, could they Google it in the year two thousand two? Probably, yeah, yeah. If they remembered it, two thousand two. So I only missed being interested in Sco- this Scooby Doo movie by a few years, I guess. Yeah, that was the first one. Well, you know, it, the first one came out in two thousand two. The second one came out in two thousand four. But also, that's the exact same years when Spider-Man came out. So if you were more interested in those movies, then I wouldn't blame you for that. Well, well it's also. Uh, in two thousand, in two thousand four, when this movie came out, I was fifteen. So that's definitely too old to be watching Scooby Doo movies. Mm. You're allowed to watch Scooby Doo movies. I feel like when you're under twelve or over the age of twenty eight. So uh, I'm good now. Wait, wait, but I'm not. Wait, Alec, no. <laughs> you broke the rules, man. No, I'm in the middle there. Uh, well, well, well. Podcast you, is canceled, everybody. You, you have an old soul. It's okay. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I think I watched this movie in theaters when it came out. I can't, I definitely watched the first one, and I think I watched this one in theaters. But I, it, it might have been one of those things where I definitely dragged my family to watch it with me. And mm-hmm. I also uh, remember forcing them to watch it a lot when we got it on like DVD because <laughs> I loved it. I don't know why. It's something about this movie. It just resonates with me in a weird way that's fair yeah was it was it the little skeleton monsters that were like comedic relief no i hated them oh i still hate them yeah i despise them they're like they're like proto minions to me i'm not a fan see when i was watching it i i was thinking 
Oh, is this like them? Is this a merchandising thing? Like, is this their Jar Jar? <laughs> yeah, it really feels like that. But I don't know. I I don't even know if they're. I mean, I'm sure there were plenty of toys made about the, this movie. But man, I don't know. But you want your breakout toy, right? You, you don't want people playing with their old Scooby Doo toys. You need the new skeleton eye thing. Yeah, the ske- I think they were called skeleton men. I don't know. It's not a very Pretty. classic, you Next know. James Gunn. Yeah, when you have other monsters like Minor 49er and, you know, the Captain Cutler's ghost, like that's just that's some good branding right there. But then it's skeleton men. All right, cool. Right. Sounds good. Well, I mean, and I've talked about this before, but like even the the main villain did not have a name. Uh well, he she he did but it was uh the the evil masked figure right it's only well i don't remember alicia silver yeah it's his or her name is alicia silverstone aka jacomo jacopo uh yeah jacobo yeah jacobo (laughs) good name but like yeah like that that monster that that masked character unlike all the other ones which had like you know the 10,000 volt ghost and the cotton candy glob and whatever it was just oh evil masked figure in all caps uh or yeah so I, that I have was a question about what the 10,000 volt monster yes why does electricity kill him or her <laughs> i don't know i think it's more so that they used are you talking about when it went to they used the monster against like the black knight ghost no wasn't it like a power line and they put the thing on it and they attached the black knight ghost so essentially the both monsters get uh, sorry both monsters get electrocuted that makes sense for the knight i thought they were funneling the ten thousand volt ghost his electricity into the black knight ghosts but why would that harm the the electricity monster because convenience (laughs) to the plot if i recall correctly yes uh, and i took extensive notes as you'll recall yes of course you you know this movie better than i do at this point <laughs> there, there was like a power line or some power source that they hook up to, to i think the jousting pipe was it the jousting pipe yeah i think so and then they hurl it and then there was like a, a tether and then the other end goes to the black knight yes so but but the only electricity flowing through it was from the ghosts oh you might be right yeah. So, and then I guess it, the, it it gets used up. The ghost goes into the black knight. Look, it's uh, ghost conversions are really complicated to get into. There's like a whole lore behind it. And, yeah. Um, There's a lot of uh, calculations you have to do about like resistance and voltage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's nice that they gave us the, uh, you know, he is at all times exactly 10,000 volts. So you always have a good starting point to figure that kind of stuff out. <laughs> a good baseline. Yeah. If, any, if any physics teachers are listening, please use the 10,000 volt monster in those like diagrams you have to draw of electrical circuits. Yes, please. If anything, it'll just make class more fun, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I always thought, and I've brought this up before, but like, I think that monster looks the best out of all of them. I mean, other than the ones that are practical effects, like, uh minor 49er looks good the black knight ghost looks good but the the ones that are all cgi like the tar monster looks not very good in my opinion but the 10,000 volt ghosts looks pretty solid i think i thought the cotton candy one was all right um yeah i feel like they could have played up more stoner humor as uh they ate that monster yeah. Also, if you think about it, like that's a horrifying thing to like eat a sentient creature alive (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, I mean, especially as it's like effectively begging for its life. As soon as he realizes that they're going to eat him, he's like, wait, no, no, I don't want this. And they are (laughs) relentless. Yeah, it's dark. It's yeah, for sure. And like, I don't even think they set up too much of the fact that like Shaggy and Scooby, because in the cartoons, they're always eating things. They're always snacking on things. I don't think they established that super well in this movie. Well, I think it's just understood. Is that yeah. is that allowable when you make an adaptation of a? Yeah, did like, just... they need a flashback where it's like Scooby was born with a larger, a very large stomach and has a medical condition that causes him to eat a lot? Is that the lore? I've missed out on that one. Uh, is that how it works? That's the lore I just invented. That is not they smoke weed. <laughs> <laughs> Add it to the wikis, everybody. You heard it here first. 
No, I think, I don't know. In the first movie, they were constantly munching on stuff. So it was just like, oh, okay, I get it. But this movie was like, I don't know. Yeah, it, I guess it must have been understood. Yeah, well, Scooby's always licking. You're right. <clears throat> you're right in that we don't see him a lot, but like Scooby's licking things. Like <clears throat> there's a moment, I think it's when they're spying on the people at the bar, at the, the villain bar. Yeah. Uh, where he just licks the building, like just t- testing it out, seeing what's going on. <laughs> Which I thought was weird and gross. I'm a big germaphobe, so that scene <laughs> particularly repulsed me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, I guess there is some eating now that I think about it. Because there's like another scene, like the, the faux ghost, where they, like Scooby tries to eat something, but he doesn't like it and he spits it into somebody else's drink. Uh, and then there's like another, there's like that whole potion bit where like it yeah. all started because Scooby was like, ooh, lemonade or whatever. Yeah, I guess it's established pretty well. I, you know, I'm being too hard on this movie. It's actually a masterpiece when you think about it. Yeah, I mean, especially when Scooby, smart Scooby Doo, figures out the formula mm-hmm. to undo their thing by mixing one thing with another. Just really beautiful science it's, fiction right there. I love that scene because it's literally just the same two containers of stuff, and he just keeps shaking it and mixing them back together. And like, what's happening other than they should be the same because you're just mixing them constantly until you have two vials of the same stuff. But I mean, ooh. I got an A in chemistry. That's not true. I'm lying. But I'm pretty <laughs> much an expert now because of that. And that's exactly how it works. Yeah. When <laughs> you try to... <laughs> that's all right yeah kids out there if you're listening and you're wondering how to create potions just uh just like take mysterious liquids and keep mixing them together until i don't know something something fun will happen i'm sure back and forth forever yeah i that does remind me of like a small childhood story where i i don't think i was inspired by this movie but there's a chance i was where i was obsessed with the idea of like ooh, i you know i'm a small kid i have an imagination i want to make a potion today and mm. like i just started mixing things around the house and like through circumstances i spilled like nail polish remover in like our big bowl of sugar that you know anyone just uses if they need sugar and like their coffee or Mm -hmm. whatever and then like my brothers ate it and they like got really sick oh god (laughs) and like we had to call poison control and i was like i wanted to make a potion and my mom's on the phone like he wanted to make a potion i don't know what to tell you see it's i actually did a similar thing but i like i thought i was doing chemistry not making potions uh because i lived in reality scott okay great thanks but i was just like oh if i mix random shit together eventually i will discover the thing that does that does a cool thing oh yeah i love that that idea of just like well you know eventually something cool will happen i i i kind of blame probably it was clearly wasn't this movie but things like it for making me like like if a I feel like if things were like Scooby-Doo were more honest, maybe I could have like directed that, uh, that, that passion and that energy into actually like learning amateur chemistry, uh, instead of becoming a goddamn philosophy writer. So thanks. Yeah. Things like Scooby-Doo. And we did learn from that scene that being intelligent is the worst. Scooby hated every second of it and wanted to reverse it. So it was a moment. There's a, there's a couple moments in this that I almost wish fans would create, uh, not a re-edit, but like a a remake of this, like but adult themed. And there's moments like this, like Scooby Doo is all of a sudden blessed or cursed with like this in- intense amount of knowledge about like who he was and how dumb he was. Uh, but then, like, why does he want to go back? If there was like a sad realization that being smart is worse than being dumb, uh, or like some kind of existential crisis, or even like a a flowers for Algernon situation where he realizes he has to go back you know, for some greater goal, uh, yeah. but will lament the loss of his knowledge. Um, that could have been really cool and deep and depressing. And that's, that's the kind of movie I like to watch. <laughs> yeah. You know, when I think Scooby-Doo movie, I think, boy, I really want to walk out of this with an existential crisis of some kind. Who doesn't? Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, is there anything else you want to, that came to mind before we wrap it up? Ooh, well, okay. I saw this was one of your episode names, uh, and I don't know exactly what you talked about, but I was upset that Daphne was hot, and I have reasons why. I don't know what your thoughts are. Oh, do you mean Velma? Oh, shit. Sorry. I was upset <laughs> that Velma was hot. Yeah. I don't, I, that whole scene was 
not my favorite and it even i'll be i'll be real honest with the viewers here it took me until day three before i was able to actually sit through it and like watch it because <laughs> i hate it i hate the line who's your mommy is my least favorite line <laughs> anybody's ever said do you like it less than the fart jokes uh yes i will say that on, on the low tier of things that i hate like Bottom level is who's your mommy slightly above fart jokes, I think comes. Yeah. What, what bothered me is just, uh, (laughs) this is super petty, but just like casting an attractive actress in the first place, because watching the cartoon, even though I didn't like it, but it was always fucking on. So I had to watch it because what else was a kid? What's going to watch Netflix (laughs) didn't exist. Was that, you know, Fred is like a jock. I didn't even know what Scooby was, but now I do. But I'm not, I wasn't that either. So then, then there's Velma. It's like, oh, she's the nerdy one. She's socially awkward. She's clumsy. Oh, that's like me. Like, I really identify with Velma. And then by like casting her as a hot actress, like, I think it loses a lot of that. And it's even kind of, it only proves my point where at the beginning they have like their fans that sort of cater to the audience. So Shaggy has his stoner friends. And uh, t- does Velma have weird goth friends? I don't know. So fans. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Her her fit I we had a previous previous guests on who were 100% sure that her fan base uh were all gay for her specifically. So <laughs> I mean, that's fine too. But like what I'm but yeah, like you know, Velma is there for the fat nerd like me. I don't want to make any assumptions, Scott, but maybe you as a child. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh are we, they're there for us to identify with and they, they robbed uh, children of the future for that opportunity. Yeah. That, you know what? I, I think I, I don't know that I, I agree with the, the overall sentiment for sure. However, Linda Carlini killed it crushed it as in the oh world. yeah no no i have i have no professional beefs with linda car uh, sorry i don't even know how to pronounce her last name mm-hmm, i have mm-hmm. no professional beef she did a great job no hate towards her please don't harass her off the internet uh, i'm sure she's a great person i just wish that some fat nerd would have gotten that role <laughs> yeah i don't think that would have been i think nowadays they probably would do something like that in fact there's even a trend um with uh making because you know this cartoon was created like in the late 60s i think Mm -hmm. um and and so of course all the main characters are white and Mm -hmm. there's a trend um with with other live action versions of scooby-doo because there were two other movies after this i don't know if you're aware three and four uh it was they were made for tv like movies but they were still live action but it was a completely different cast and it took place before any of like when they were growing up and they i can't remember who played velma but i believe she was asian and uh i I always thought yeah you know what we could use some diversity in this group of people let's go for it i I mean yeah and and i think it's weird that like the original scooby-doo was going for a version of like, we want people to see themselves in the different characters, uh, like the clumsy one, the jock, the, you know, whatever, uh, the original Daphne was, I'm not too familiar. Yeah. Uh, but of course, like it falls flat in that they're all white. Uh, but yeah, more power to them. Yeah. Huh. Good stuff. Always got to end on a good positive message of, you know, as the internet would say, virtue signaling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the internet. It was a mistake. <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, is that, yeah, is that all you got? Because we can got, man. Fantastic. Dude, it was so awesome to have you on. Uh, I love chatting with you. This is, I think, the longest t- conversation we've had about a, a specific subject, and it was very fun. Well, you've had longer episodes of this, this f- fine podcast. Yes, but none with you. Oh, thank you. I, I want to, can I read something for the, the, uh, the fans out there? Yes, please. All right. I want to know, I want to let everyone know the, the high esteem that Scott holds me in. So when he, written, when he initially gave me the honor of being on this podcast, wait, no, he, I don't want to, I don't, you don't have to <laughs> say that. Uh, Hey, so I'm doing this dumb thing where I watch Scooby-Doo two monsters unleash every day for all of October and making a podcast about it with different guests. Would you want to uh, guest on an episode sometime next month? 
Oh, that's great, Scott. Then I continue reading. I'm trying to fill out 31 guest spots with cool internet people, and I ran out, so I'm turning to you, I guess. <laughs> ha ha. And my question for you, Scott, is what gives you the right? Uh, look, it was, uh, I was just, I felt like being honest was the best uh, solution to tackle our our beef, you know? I didn't want you to think I was trying to suck up to you or anything. Oh, so. I see. I wanted to be honest. I wanted to be my real self. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I think maybe people didn't need to hear that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you have the dictatorial power of editing. So. Oh, but I'm so lazy. So yeah. they will absolutely hear this. So thank you for ending it on that great positive note that shows everyone how deep our friendship runs. Yeah, I- I'm, I'm glad that they could hear about the man behind the man. <laughs> I am the evil masked figure. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Where can people find you and more of what you do on the internet? So the channel Wisecrack, it's a great channel. We do uh, a lot of philosophy and pop culture. So philosophy of insert movie, TV show, Rick and Morty, Marvel movies. We do some deep, t- uh, deep cuts as well. A lot of interesting stuff. So just search Wisecrack on YouTube. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at WisecrackAlec. Uh, cause branding or something. Um, yeah. What about Scott? What about you, Scott? Where can people find you on the internet? Oh my, no one's ever asked me that before. <laughs> Thank you so much. You can find me on the internet at Scott Nicewander. I would, I should have done nerd sync Scott, but I didn't. Uh, just in case this whole nerd sync thing doesn't pan out. Uh, but yeah, Scott Nicewander on Twitter and on Instagram. If you want to send me, please tell me what you think of the show, everybody. We've gotten some great comments. Uh, in fact, I keep forgetting to mention specific Instagram messages that I keep getting because some of you guys have pointed out really great things. I'll try to do that on a future episode. Um, I always say that if I run out of guests, then I'll just do one where I just read comments and, and uh, <laughs> reviews on iTunes, which reminds me, hey, review this podcast on iTunes. Is there a director's cut? I'll come back for the director's cut. <laughs> oh, I wish there was. I, I mean, I'll come back for the Burger King cut. I didn't see that version of it. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I just got an email this morning that said the podcast was like charting in like top something in like Norway. So thank you to all of our Norway Man, uh, thanks, listeners. Norway. You're the best, Norway. <laughs> I love you. Um, yeah, with that said... Alec, would you like to join me for a rousing Scooby-Dooby-Doo as we end this podcast? I'm going to be really bad at it, but I'll do it. I'll do it because I, 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 yeah, I don't know why I wouldn't do it. Yeah, that way I can isolate it and just have that audio clip forever of you doing Scooby-Doo. Come back to haunt me like the ghost of that pterodactyl. That's right. <laughs> Here we go. Scooby-Dooby-Doo. Dooby. Dooby. Dooby.